Yep. Give me a nod yeah, when you're ready. Shooter's ready. Stand by. Hey everyone, this is Matt Gunlock from the 3GIQ Podcast. I'm joined here today with Frank Gao, my co-host, and we're just going to kind of be covering some of the matches we just shot this past weekend, and I uh, wanted to talk about it. So um, I shot the Mountain State 3-Gun Championship. Uh, Frank, you shot the Masters Elite at uh, Shadowhawk Defense, which was a replacement to uh, to the Virginia State Championship. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I guess some considerations I I guess I'll go over is, you know, I ultimately, you know, this match, Mountain State was on my calendar for uh, most of the year. You know, I knew it was around the the time I was going to be on terminal leave, and I never committed to it initially, mainly because I didn't know what my employment status would be like. You know, yes, I'm still on terminal leave. Yes, I'm still going to be getting a retirement. I know I'm going to be getting disability, but, you know, there's still that, you know, how much money am I going to be making? Am I going to be working uh, during that time? Uh, Or am I still going to be in an unemployed status? And really what drove me to end up showing to the matches, you know, Jay Schaff and JK hit me up, you know, Hey, you still going to the match? Um, granted part of the reasons why they, they were asking is, you know, weather because it was supposed to be crap weather, but I was like, yeah, I, I'm still gonna go out, you know, me and Jay Schaff, we ended up uh, splitting a room together and it was a great time, you know, and ultimately what, what brings me out there is people, you know, if I know I'm going to be surrounded by good people, then I'm going to make the attempt to go. And to speak on that, the day, uh, the day I was packing everything up to leave, you know, I received a call and, you know, I, I, I've been applying to jobs and I received a call and, you know, they made an offer. And so I, I accepted. So I am no longer an unemployed veteran. So, for all of the use, for all of you you guys uh, who who are planning on getting out, you know, and are nervous, like I'll tell you, yes, was I nervous? Absolutely. Like, uh, you know, this is my livelihood. This is my family. You know, I want to be able to support them. I want to be able to provide for them, and, uh, you know at the end of the day, I knew I had to, I had to leave the Marine Corps at some point. I made that decision, uh, but I made it my priority, you know, the last year that I was in to really just focus on what's coming next. And, you know, I have 55 days left of terminal. You know, I start my new job this coming Monday 
and I'm going to be double dipping for a while. And then after that, I'm going to be able to, uh, you know, collect a retirement and collect disability. So for those of you who are on the fence or, you know, are nervous about the process, you know, I, all I could say is embrace that process. Uh, and if you need any support, if you need any help, you know, reach out to me. I can, I'll give you kind of a step-by-step uh, example of what I did and how I kind of strategized my exit strategy. And, you know, I have an email already typed up that I could send out to you, it, you know, with all the organizations that helped me out. And I have copies of my resume that, you know, you could ultimately use to help out in the process. But just if I could uh, step in, um, it was just like a week ago that you were venting to me that companies weren't getting back to you and that like uh, things weren't didn't really seem to be like panning out. And I just like to point out that a week afterwards, like you now have a job offer in hand, you start next week. And also one of the companies that you thought it wasn't going to pan out with has an interview scheduled with you. So um, even when, I mean, there's going to, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs, I would say for you, like a lot more downs than ups. Um, it's a question of time and persistence. And eventually if you keep putting yourself out there, things are going to come your way. It just that might take a while. It has taken a while for you, Matt. And I'm happy to see that it's finally uh, it's finally paying off. No, I appreciate it. Um, I'm excited. You know, new beginnings, I guess you can say. And I'm still going to be doing something I love. I'm still going to be, you know, getting out there and, and shooting. Um, still going to be very much part of the community that uh, has embraced me. So it, it's it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, going back to your decision to attend Mountain State, uh, you mentioned um, your, your friends were going to be out there. Would you say that those individuals, those personalities were the deciding factor for you deciding to go and attend that match? Yes. Uh, and I, I'll, you know, I'll reiterate. So, you know, Jay Shaw, <laughs> uh, who I met him last year at this match and I shot with him at Duskin match and, and other matches, uh, JK Khan, who you've, you know, for the listeners. Yeah. Uh, the Duskin episode. Yeah. Uh, he was on the Duskin episode. Uh, and then Nick Collier, um, you know, he's somebody that, you know, hasn't been mentioned, but, you know, he's an individual who I've known for about six years now. You know, I, met him while shooting at Blue Ridge three gun championship. And he's just an all around great individual, good person, good friend. He came out to my retirement ceremony. He drove 12 hours from Kentucky just to come out to my retirement ceremony. So that shows the kind of person he is and how much he values friendship. You know, I felt selfish just asking him to come out and he was like, I wouldn't, have done it for a better person like you are one of those dudes who you know you gave me the time of day you 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 sat down and talked with me at blue ridge it's like and we, we we created a bond and he's somebody i just bullshit with every now and again back and forth and he's just a good dude and so it's like those three individuals right there kind of solidified uh my reasons to go out to mountain state so yeah it it's really you know, at the end of the day, you want to surround yourself with good people and you want to be at a match with good people. And I've had, 
you know, four and a half year run with the Marine Corps shooting team who are all awesome people. And I got to surround myself with good people while going to those matches and build new relationships. And now I'm going to have that opportunity to do that on my own. Yeah, uh, I would say that in addition to spending time in good company, you're also familiar with those individuals' work ethic. Mm -hmm. So you know how they are. Like, for example, when me and Cardi went out this last weekend, we were just passing off the time between the two of us because we both know we're competent ROs. Um, and we also, um, <laughs> we knew that we had to keep on the squad because it was wet and uh, miserable and people are likely to slow down in those kinds of conditions. Uh, but I would also say on the other side, like it can be refreshing to go to a local match and squad with a new group of people. Um, I've had a lot of fun doing that. I've met a lot of great people that way. Um, when I went to Maryland State, I didn't know anybody in my squad. And that was uh, the team Hold My Beer, the guys from like Jersey and New York. Um, I think that's Matt Hempel's team. That's uh, it, it was a really great time there. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a great social atmosphere. Um, and you yeah, there have been some sour experiences with some squads, but I'd say the positives uh, vastly outweigh the negatives. For me. I'll, I'll agree. Like, I remember first coming into the sport, you know, over eight years ago, back in 2014, going to a match, putting it all out there, not knowing a single person. And I still talk to those people to this day, like Mike Oberman for, and for the for individuals who are into three gun and have been doing it for a while, like everybody knows who Mike Oberman is. He doesn't, he doesn't go out and compete or really help. You know, he calls himself a sporting man now, uh, but uh, you know, he's like the godfather of three gun. He's been doing it. He, he, he had done it for over 30 years and, you know, he really helped, you know, introduce me to a lot of people within this sport. And like you said, you have bad experiences with people, but, the good experiences vastly outweigh those negative experiences. And, you know, I enjoy meeting new people. Uh, so if you can get on a squad with some people, you know, but others you don't, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to have a good experience. Yeah. Um, and having somebody, you know, is if you do end up on a bad squad, it can be helpful. For example, I remember there was one weekend where uh, Ben and I went up to uh, Sir Walter and our squad was like, I don't know. At some point, Ben would just like sit out loud. It's like, did everyone get diagnosed with colon cancer this morning? Because you <laughs> like, you guys are shooting on a Saturday. Why? Nobody should have this attitude. Um, so the, the, this, <laughs> the reflective sarcasm that Ben and I share sometimes, uh, it has helped me out with a few of those uh, less desirable squads. But um, want to go back? I would say that's because USPSA is filled with fuds. I'm kidding. Oh, fuds! Um, type two diabetics who don't want to help paste. Um, so it, yeah, yes. you get it anywhere you go. You if know, it's squadmates. You stay with them. Yeah, you stay with those guys, like Cardi, Nelson, Ben, um, Lynn Tran from down there. He's a green beret in like the Fayetteville area. Like those guys have good work ethics and I will seek out, I will seek to like work with those guys or shoot with those guys whenever I can. But like, yes, yes. I would say, uh, the clientele for USPSA tends to have that issue. Um, but want to go back to mountain state. So 
talked about the people he shot with. Can you just talk about the style of match that it was? So it's not one of those complex matches. It was more just like simple stage plans, nothing complex, just turn and burn for the most part. Um, and one thing I'll say about that is it's really fun just to put it all out there and go as fast as you can sometimes. But what I will say about those stages, even though they're not complex in nature, you make one mistake. Now you are behind because everybody else is going to be doing the same thing. And if they don't make a mistake, well, you're behind them now. So it's really fun to push yourself as hard as you can in a straightforward stage. But you make a mistake, you're going to be paying for that mistake. And, you know, penalties hurt. Uh, they, they, they really do hurt. Um, so that's 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 one of the, the things that draws me to the match. I, I, I don't have to really think too hard. I could just go out there and have fun. Yeah, um, those stages can be refreshing. I would say that, and correct me if uh, you have a different interpretation, but the stages that they usually put out the mic-mic are kind of like that, right? Everyone more or less has to run those the same way, but then that magnifies, like you said, the mistakes and not just like penalties, like no shoots and mics. I'm saying things like bobbled reloads, falling out of position, errant footwork. Those are also like, those those don't really show up. They show up on your final score in terms of your raw time, but going back like those are often the culprits that are robbing you of a second or two dragging down your hit factor um mm-hmm. and like yeah make mcgee's the slash i say there's only one stage in which there was some kind of choice to it everything else was very very straightforward so you just had to you had to be efficient and get your hits there yeah but, and i mean one of one of my one of the good things i did um i you know, I screwed up on a, a portion of the shotgun, but whenever I transitioned over the pistol, I, I knew I had to be fast, but I had to be deliberate. And I was able to go one for one on a double plate rack uh, at, a, at a pretty decent speed. But I I knew that I had to give it a certain level of focus and I couldn't screw that up um, or, you know, the stage would have just been a wash. Yeah, you 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 touched upon something important, and that's that if something goes wrong, it's in your best. You're not going to make up time and hits in the rest of the stage, most likely. That's when you need to just like shoot clean points and minimize instead of pushing uh, and trying to like salvage that stage. Really, it should be a more conservative approach where you're limiting. You're limiting. Um, the amount of points that you could lose so that you still like retain some percentage of the overall stage points. Would you say that's accurate? That's absolutely accurate. And like the way you make up for it later on is by properly planning your future stages and, and making sure everything else is clean. Um, and it's up to you to, to really achieve that. You could try and go fat as fast as you can, but being fast doesn't necessarily mean being clean. No, uh, absolutely not. Um, and sometimes you're pushing beyond your capabilities, which is another discussion. You mentioned it uh, sh- shortly, but um, you said shotgun wasn't as strong as your rifle and pistol for this stage or for this match. Correct. Um, 
I, I, I'll be honest, I, I haven't shot my shotgun. Um, I haven't shot a three-gun match since June, uh, and I haven't touched my shotgun since June. I didn't even take it out to practice reloads or anything. Um, I wasn't really going out there to try and win or, uh, or finish as high as I wanted. You know, when you get out there, yeah, you're like, Oh, I, I, I want to push myself, but you know, I also understood, I just wanted to go out there and have a good time. Um, so being, a, being a top finisher wasn't necessarily in my game plan going out there, shooting clean and shooting good was in my game plan. And I didn't shoot as clean as I wanted to, but you know, third year in a row i'm eighth place at this match so you know i i'm okay you know i'm okay with that finish um yeah and, and, and like you know they give out top three military i got edged out by jk khan uh for that plaque by like half a percent if that and it's just like son of a bitch but you know uh it is what it is I had a good time. That's that's really all that matters. No plaque's going to be able to replace having a good time. Yeah, and I, I would caution against like tying tying your enjoyment of a match to whatever trinkets they happen to have. It's nice. It's nice to have stuff for your wall, but what's more important is that you're you're uh, you're, you're cognizant of like what's happening with your marksmanship and your performance, and that you're having a good time with your buddies. Um, Cardi and I got into the truck at the end of the match, and we're like we're fucking soaked. We're hungry, like we're tired. We just want to go home. But both, both him and I were like, that was an awesome match. It was a good squad. We really both enjoyed the. We we do not regret coming out here, even though we left the range at like six p.m. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and something else I'll I'll mention, like like I said, I haven't shot a three gun match since June. The last match <laughs> I shot was the the tactical games team event. So like my rifle, like. I only have one competition rifle that I use. So uh, I took my three gun break off, which is an Ultradine Apollo Max. And that thing, that thing is awesome. I took that off and I put a birdcage on for the tactical games. And, you know, the week prior to, to the mounted state match, I was like, I'm not going to take it off because that's just going to force me to go out to the range, reconfirm zeros, all this. I was like, I have other priorities right now, you know, job interviews, stuff like that. Uh, and so I left it on there. And I will say, I noticed the fucking difference. Um, I, I could still go fast, but I, I also noticed that there was a more recoil impulse. Um, and I saw my sights jumping and I was taking shots that I could normally hit uh, and missing. Um, because I was trying to go as fast as I would in three guns. So, you know, some things really do matter. You, you, you know, you question, does this thing really make a difference? And at the end of the day, yes, it does. Like if it's something you're used to shooting at in a certain type of match, it's going to make a difference. And I've gone over a year using that break. Yeah, definitely. It definitely makes a difference there. Um, did you run into any issues with like keeping your guns clean during the match? Um, 
magazines specifically, yeah, uh, but a good magazine brush, taking that out and wiping your magazines out between stages, that really helps. Um, you know, I would say keeping your guns lubed up. Um, we're, I know we're going to talk about weather uh, more. It was cold. It was rainy. Um, keeping you don't have to do a deep dive clean. Uh, you don't want to do that in the middle of a match, but keeping them properly lubed is ultimately going to help you out at the end of the day because guns can't really run well without the lube. Yeah, and I, my open gun was dry by the end of the day, and uh, I was probably responsible for my malfunctions in the last four to five stages, uh, if I'm going to be honest. And the, the, the point of magazines is really good, uh, especially, so depending on the range, right, the ground on the range may be, sand dirt grass or gravel but either way i would advise cleaning a magazine every time that it hits the deck mm -hmm. uh, like take all the rounds out of it like you said use a mag brush um something that cardi taught me is you uh you you use like a rag that has like some like um just like microfiber microfiber but also like you, you got some gun oil and like kind of like carbon residue on it and then just mm -hmm. like you're, you're also you're adding like a bit of a i guess a patina to the outside like um in terms of just keeping the inside of the outside at least a little bit not like slippery wet but at least a little bit lubricated um so that's something that i started doing um during the carry optic season that that helps because i was having issues with the magazines there so yeah those are just some of the factors um but we've talked about weather a lot. Um, what are some of the things, and we'll break it up into, we'll talk about clothing first. We'll talk about how you take care of your guns. And then we'll talk about just like overall approach mentally to uh, shooting in adverse conditions. So you know that the weather is going to be trashed for an upcoming match. What do you do in terms of like layers and clothing? Um, so it was cold out there. You know, it was like 45 degrees. I wouldn't necessarily consider that cold. That's still T-shirt weather to me. But add the add the effect of the rain. And okay. The it And the wind, it, it's going to be cold. Um, so I always keep a rain jacket in my truck at all times. Uh, so I don't forget it because I've been in those positions where I didn't have a rain jacket. Um, and it's, you know, I was screwed. Uh I still don't like a lot of people at this match were shooting with the rain jacket still on. I don't like doing that. I'd rather just take the jacket off because I'm not used to training with it. Um, take it off, get wet for a little bit while I'm running my stage for that 60, 60 seconds, uh, 120 seconds, you know, however long I'm on the stage. Uh, it's not that big of a deal to me, you know, wearing, you know, thicker socks, uh, you know, if you know it's going to rain, you know, slow it down just a tad bit. There's no reason to be unsafe. And I'll be honest, I fell twice during this match. I thought I was slowing down, but I, I hit slick ground. One of the times, yeah, my gun was in my hand, my pistol. But, you know, I I fell and kept that gun straight and pointed down range and finger off the trigger, you know. Yeah. It's a matter of even in those adverse conditions, you still have to be cognizant of what you're doing and you still have to, you know, be safe. 
Yeah, I saw a video from uh, Ipsic Nationals where a dude slips and he like flagged the entire RO crew with his pistol and he had the audacity to like post on Instagram. You're like, was this a DQ? And I was like, yeah, that was a DQ. You flagged the parking lot. You flagged your like country of origin, bro. Like there's there's no Holy way. Holy shit. Pretty bad. Like I, I was in legitimate fear. And that, you know, like the 180 is, you know, it, it's a game. It's a gamism, but it's the only way that we can enjoy the sport of practical shooting in a safe Mm -hmm. controlled manner uh if you do that with away with that like some people already shaky with the 180 if you take do away with that then um shit's just going to get crazy um but want to bring you brought up some really good points uh first is aggression so when you start off the day on on a match with really bad weather it's maybe not as bad but say like five stages in a bunch of other squads have come in and like torn up that say for example it's a base stage you can kind of tell from like the uh which parts of the stage are torn up with like footprints and like which are muddier where people are executing like um they're, they're executing like turns and like pivots and that kind of stuff and that usually this the the footing there tends to be a little more treacherous so just something to pay attention to uh you and i talked about tread on your shoes um that's not really an issue well so my solomons are falling apart I actually like a new pair just got delivered as we're uh as we're recording this podcast. Um, but I let those go a little too long than what I was supposed to. And now that it's, you know, terrible winter weather, uh, I owe it to myself to make sure that I have a good pair of shoes, especially with my injury, uh, my, my history of uh, ankle injuries. Um, Mine are two, my Solomons are two years old and they have zero tread on the bottom of them, which, which led to me uh, falling twice on the first day, you know, and I know we were going to talk about this, but I had a, I had my boots, you know, my Marine Corps issued boots that I, you know, since I cleaned out my office, I didn't clean, you know, I, I left everything in the truck in, in including my boots. And I was just like, thank God I didn't take those out because I, I actually looked, looked at them before I left. I was like, I'll just leave them in there. Who cares? Probably, you know, I'll, I'll take them out whenever I get home. Thank God I had those boots because I put them on the second day because I knew the tread on those would be a lot better than the Solomons. Yeah. You know, I wasn't used to shooting in them, but you know, it's, it's better than having two slip and slides on your feet. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. So uh, something else that I, I have a pair of waterproof socks and some people are like, aren't a fan of them because there's a potential to get moisture trapped on the inside of the sock, but those kept me pretty insulated uh, all day. So even with the holes in my Solomons, those are still pretty good. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is like protecting your electronics, right? So uh, the range equipment, like tablet and the timer, throw a plastic bag over them. What I did with my open gun was I, I just had a, a plastic bag from like green top. And every time mm -hmm. I wasn't shooting, I just put that thing over um double alpha and like some other shooting shooting uh companies they make covers specifically for a gun that you can like zip up and stuff those are great if you don't have those just use a plastic bag um, uh you mentioned uh, something that uh i want i, I want to kind of throw a shout out to jk um so our second stage of the match you know it was already raining it, it, it was raining the entire weekend um well the ro you know JK just got done the RO uh, read off the time and he said something like 53 seconds and I wasn't there. I, you know, I didn't hear it, but I was kind of listening as I was uh, refilling magazines and all that. I was like, Oh, that's, you know, that sounds like a really good run. 
And so me and Jay Shaw were talking. I was like, and we asked JK, hey, would you finish that? And he was like, oh, 53 seconds. And I was just like, there's no way that could have been 53 seconds. Um, and so, you know, and it's no fault to the RO. You know, he, he was just reading off of what was on the timer. But I was like, all right, so if I got 85 seconds or how, however long it was, I think it was 85. I was like, there's no way JK got 53 seconds. Like, JK's fast. Um, or it was 76 seconds. I, I think I finished that stage on. Um, but there's, I was like, there's no way. I was like, he would have been hitting 50 seconds as he was coming around, running into the other bay. And so JK took a video and we, we looked at, you know, we looked at it and it was like, see, 53 seconds, he was running out to the other bay. And, you know, he finished, he finished in like, realistically, he finished in about 65. I don't remember the, the final time, but we reviewed the video and, and we, and he went to the RO, you know, he didn't have to, but he has integrity and he has good moral character. And he went to the RO and said, Hey, I think the time you guys put in for me is wrong. You guys said it was 53 here on my video it uh you know it's showing this second um and so we, he went and got it fixed you know that's something he didn't necessarily have to do but because he has integrity he did it so if you're an ro you know you know it kind of comes down to paying attention to what the timer's doing and making sure the timer if it's in a plastic bag is in an area to where it's going to still pick up the final shot yeah, and that becomes a problem, like, not so much in three-gun where your rifle has a comp on it and um, usually people aren't, like, running super soft rounds out of the pistol, but, like, if people are shooting, like, sub-minor stuff out of a PCC, it, it's, like, really freaking quiet, and you have to get the timer, like, right up to their rifle, mm -hmm. and the last thing anybody wants in a match that's being, like, rained out is for a reshoot. Yep. So a um, couple of thoughts there. One was that, you know, I ran a shooter. He finished in like 20 seconds. But then when I went to read off the timers in the 40s, so I just went back in the splits. Like, I was like, what's the last time? Okay, it's this. Shooter, are you okay with this? This is what I got. I'm not going to give you 40 seconds. I'm giving you 20 seconds. That's where you finished. And he was okay with it. Another thing I do as an RO is like, as I'm following the shooter, sometimes I tilt the timer towards myself and just make sure it's picking up the shots. Um, mm -hmm. when it's raining sometimes the timer dies all that kind of stuff if it does then there's no real way for you to continue that course of fire you kind of got to stop the shooter because of a you know equipment malfunction so just some thoughts um ROing is an important part of the sport i try to do it a lot just because partly it's fun to watch shooters and what, what they're what they're working through on a particular stage but also like you need people like that on your squad in order to get people going um but yeah absolutely good points um going back to the discussion about like protecting your optics some of the things i've seen so i put a plastic bag over the gun um some guys like when they're doing their make ready will put a ping pong ball on the back of their pistol optic and when they draw that ping pong ball just falls off and it prevents water from like accumulating on the inside of the lens uh, i've seen some other guys use rain x on their lenses i had never tried that myself but um, protecting your electronics is important, especially when there's rain. Like, oh yeah, yeah, rain and electronics—they just—they just don't mix. That tablet that we had in our squad was like spazzing out by the end of it. It was just like I had to go around with an umbrella just to protect it. 
So what I do, like, I don't have pistol or shotgun optics, but for my rifle optic, you know, a quick, easy fix, you know, some people use a sock or, you know, uh, you know, a scope sock or whatever they put scope cover. Um, what I do, I don't have one for, for my scope. So I just take the cardboard box that my shotgun shells are in and just stick it right over, uh, the ocular lens and, You know, as soon as I pick my rifle off, you know, one hand's going to the pistol grip, the other hand's going to uh, that box, ripping it off, and then just go right into shooting. That way I don't have rain that's accumulating or drops that are on the ocular lens. Yeah. Um, probably a good idea in your range bag, just kind of like what Matt was talking about in terms of uh, having a rain jacket in his truck. In your range bag, just having a few like Ziploc or plastic bags, zip ties, that kind of thing is usually a good idea just in case this kind of stuff happens. Or even a rag, you know, having a rag there, that way you can wipe stuff done, a microfiber cloth uh, after you get done with the stage so you can wipe stuff off and then throw your guns in your truck. Uh, you know, it's it's a real thing, you know, for those that have shot in the rain, it's not fun. So just it, it's going to help you out in the long run if you have the necessary stuff with you to to fix a situation. Yeah, uh, which leads into the last point. It's not fun shooting in the rain, but it's equally as important that you keep a good attitude about yourself. Like you you chose to be out there. You're still trying to get training value, even despite the conditions. Like I would say that the Shadowhawk Elite match was still like a really great time. Sounds like you had a great time in Mountain State as well. So just like staying positive and making the most of the uh, situation. You can't control the weather. Like you just can't. <laughs> yeah, no. And like I'll say like my squad, you know, uh, I had a great squad at Mountain State. And, you know, Jay and I talked at, at the end of the match. and We were like, not one person was bitching about the weather, um, you know, and, and you know, some people can be like, well, that's normal. Well, you know, I come from the world of the Marine Corps where, you know, it's a world of people just bitching. And if you're not bitching, you're not happy. Um, but at a match, it's the last place you really want to be bitching. Like you said, Frank, um, you know, you chose to be there. So either you be there and you be in a good attitude or just don't go at all because nobody wants to deal with somebody that has a negative attitude. And because, at the end of the day, you're hurting yourself. You're hurting your performance by having those, uh, I'll, I'll use a woke term, negative vibes. Uh, having negative vibes is not going to be good for you. And people are going to remember. They're just going to think of you as this guy bitches all the time. I, I don't want to squad with him. Yeah. Um, and so you're kind of the outcast. So stay positive. Like you are out there to have a good time. You know, I often say, you know, be comfortable in the uncomfortable. And that is such a Marine term to say, but it's so true. You know, you're out there, just have a good time. You know, you'll learn more about yourself and what you're capable of by being in those situations. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, talk about Shadowhawk for a little bit. Before we yeah, run. absolutely. So this was... My second match running with the open gun. Um, open gun was smithed by Ben Faust. It ran great. Problem was, uh, the issue was with me not keeping it looped up. Um, still learning how to run it aggressively and like site confirmation and all that stuff. But 
it was a really good time. I laid down some really fast, uh, some really fast stages and some other stages. I just had like inexplicable mics. Um, the style of the match was like, it was pretty punishing. So uh, they, uh, they put a USPSA target on a uh, swinger and they put hard cover everywhere except for the A zone in the chest. And uh, one of our shooters actually like activated it and it was so wet that the entire, like the entire target just yeeted off the swinger. And uh, we, we like, I didn't catch it. I was ROing him until the uh, the final. He like goes to amen and he just like kind of looks at me. I was like, stop. And just like when we got to the cardboard target, target, it was just a, a soggy mess, which if I had one criticism of the match, it's that the fact that like there were some other absurd targets where they put hardcover everywhere except for the A zone and the head box. So uh, combined with like the rain and how many people were shooting that headshot area, it was just like it was it was um, it was mincemeat by the end of the day. Like you couldn't even you couldn't even paste it. It was just like a, a cardboard mess. So. Yeah. You know, that, that makes me think of something real quick. I'm sorry if I interrupted, but it's like, you know, I I get paper targets are expensive and the waterproof paper targets are typically three times the amount of money. But, you know, I would say if there's a match going on, you know, it'd be, I would say it'd be wise to, hey, why don't we have an allotment of waterproof paper targets in the event that it does rain like you know you you're you're gonna have like most matches have stockpiles i don't know um but why not have an allocation for a match you know in the event that it does rain yeah so the the match staff they were really good they did have the replacement for the swinger target we were able to get that replaced the headshot target was we were the last squad and it was like 6 p.m. at that point. Everyone was just like, there's no point in replacing this thing. We're just going to keep running it, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so, and also I, I would say like, I think from the match director perspective, you're you're putting on a match because it's what you love and you're passionate about it. But you also you're hoping to like, at least get some funds for your, like your club. 85% of the people are supposed to shoot that match, like back out of it. So mm. they were probably already looking at like possibly breaking even. Um, I, I'm not making, I, I, I think the, they, they planned for it. Um, I think the weather, the weather was one thing it kind of like tipped the scales a little bit, but also like I would take that weather into account and probably take out some of those like more technical targets because the smaller of a zone that you present to the shooter, the more it's just going to get destroyed and the more, the more often you are going to have to replace that target is also going to slow down the match. So that was my takeaway from it. Yeah. So um, I, I have to ask, like, how was just how was shooting open? Like being the first time, like, was it everything you dreamed of with an open gun? Yeah. Um, it's, it's stupid. It's stupid fun. Uh, I had to I had to double up on ear pro because if you're just wearing earmuffs, like the concussive blast in your face all the time is just not fun. But yeah, there was some like I, I laid down some like really fast times on some of the stages. I looked at the hit factor and like this is cheating. It's so stupid. <laughs> like, there's 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 some there's some moments just like pure joy where you're just like you're blasting all the targets and it's just like it, it's such a rush um, because you know you're 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 shooting the stage. The gun is not holding you back. 
your your vision, your stage planning, your instincts are the one things that are holding you back. So like it's it really I, it's people call it the F1 racing of the gun world. And that's exactly what it feels like. It's it's ludicrously fun and also ludicrously expensive. <laughs> hmm. You don't you don't think about that when you're sending it, though. Yeah, I don't know. One of these days, maybe I'll get an open gun. Well, if, for me, because I don't do USPSA, I'd have to get an open pistol and an open shotgun. And, you yeah. know, if I'm going to get an open shotgun, I'm going to go straight to like land and, and Mike Whitesides and get a dissident because you can't. I want the best. Oh, yeah. And yeah. those open shotguns are beautiful. Yeah. Like they're a work of art. They are. Um, and that, that's what draws people to like the, the pure speed. There's still marksmanship. Like you still have to be a good shooter. Um, I think, you know, there is a subset of like shooters that perhaps are getting older or like don't have those fundamentals and they rely on open equipment in order to like make up for those lack of fundamentals. But if you put those guns in a good shooter's hands, like you're really seeing like what you are capable of, at, at least at your unbound potential. And it, it's it's so much fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'll, one of these days I'll, I'll, I'll switch, but right now I'm still having fun with tack ops. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I think everyone like wants to try it. I just think there's, there's part of them. That's like, if they indulge it, they're going to be like, oh God, son of a bitch. I want one of these now. Like, and it's just, it's just more money on what's already a very expensive sport. Yeah. Um, yeah going back to the match um like the style like shout out to shadowhawk like thank you guys for persisting and keeping that match open even though like most of the shooters backed out of it um it was still like a lot of fun and those are really good stages i just some of the targets were kind of on the the insane side um there were uh there were these ipsic targets that were basically like they put like a uh, black tape that made it look like a tic-tac-toe um so I, I don't know. It was kind of like a lot of a slot machine target. Like you're blasting two at it. Somehow Cardenas managed to hit two in the mic, like only in the black tape. Like <laughs> couldn't, couldn't have done it if you tried, but somehow like he just like blasted two and they both ended up in the mic. Uh, I got a picture of it. Just, just ludicrous kind of stuff like that. Um, but yeah, um, just want to give a shout out to like some of the guys that showed up. So uh, Andrew Dow, um, who is stationed over in Fort Meade, Seth Volheim is twenty one twelve with the team. Um, always love seeing Marines come out and shoot. I think you guys learned a lot, and I hope you guys continue to like come out and shoot matches. So it was great being able to squad with you guys and coach you guys along. Um, and uh, Team Capsa is like some of the Korean shooters that are in the area. Um, never squatted with them before. That that was a great time as well. And I already thank Shot Hawk Defense, but uh, overall, like really great, uh, really great experience. Um, sorry, one last thing. Um, going back to the gear conversation that we we're having, always have dry clothes in your car for the end of the match. It feels so good. Like I brought a couple towels for me and Cardi and it just like put through one of them. was like, dude, just like towel off, like get, get all that crap off. Like I change into a new shirt. I take off my, my wet socks and shoes and I get into flip flops. And honestly, like my, my, I'm not going to like change out everything else, but just the fact that like you have something dry to put on while you're in your car, leaving the range makes it so that much better. Like it just, it makes a world of difference. Yeah. I got to remember that because I just drove home four and a half hours with what I had on. Yeah. And wet boots. Yeah. Whatever. 
Yeah, uh, it like I <laughs> I would say that the uh, mo most guys have like Crocs that they switch into at the end of the at the end of the match, and um, yeah, I, I'm all about it. Like I'm not I'm not a fan of Crocs or whatnot, but like the, those are those feel really nice after you've been you've been sitting in waterlogged shoes for like for the entire day. Oh, I got to go back to something. Um facilitating my own ammo <laughs> it's a real thing yeah. uh yeah so it you know it, it was nice to be shooting on the marine corps dime um but the fact of the matter is is that i shot three gun before coming to the team so i was kind of aware of hey you know i'm still gonna i'm gonna have to provide my own ammo now if i want to keep shooting uh and so i'm all good with it is it expensive sure it is but you know it's fun. It's what I want to do. It's what I want to spend my money on. Uh, but it is a real thing. Like what I've been doing today and yesterday is processing all my brass to reload all my nine mil tomorrow. I'm going to start working on, on all my five, five, six. That way I can, uh, you know, keep shooting. So it's real. It can get expensive. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm hooked. Yeah. Same here, obviously. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's just another layer of things. Uh, it is it is manageable. It's just reloading. Uh, I find reloading fun. I just have to do it in segments. Like yeah. I can't I can't do it in bulk. Otherwise, I'll get burnt out on it. Yeah, like I know whenever we get done here recording, I'm probably gonna go back down to the garage and finish all my case prep and do some load development for nine mil. I already have a load more or less figured out, but I just wanted to reconfirm. Uh, take it out into the backyard, shoot a few rounds, see how it feels, and then go from there. Test it in both my pistols to make sure it's grouping well in both uh, nine mils. Nice. Um, last shout out from us is uh, to the Marine Corps shooting team themselves. Just starting to put out some videos in preparation for Mick Mick season. Very good production quality and editing. And really the, the intent from what I'm seeing is that they want to push information out proactively to offset the amount of like coaching and corrections they have to make at the actual micmic itself i think it's a step in the right direction um it's on it's on public it's it's just on instagram anyone can get to it so go on and uh check out those videos yeah absolutely like uh that first video that cardenas put out I, that was really well done um i i always still look to see what they're posting um i'm passionate about their direction uh where they're going and i can't wait for the mcmix season just because that's like everybody on the team loves to compete but what they love to do more is instruct people and teach them what they're passionate about and this is just another way of them putting really good information out there so go everybody just go out uh Go look at the USMC shooting team, look at what they're posting, look at their stories, uh, watch their videos and follow them. Yep. Yeah. Couldn't say uh, enough good things about what they're putting out, but I think that wraps it up for these matches. Um, appreciate you guys listening and let us know how we're doing. Yeah. And I think uh, the next match uh, I have that I'm planning on going to, and you, you're the one who kind of told me about it is there's a matchup in Thurmont, Maryland. Yep. Uh, so we're going to probably do that two gun match together. Uh, it'd be a good time. Like 
I just want to keep uh keep my skills up. Yeah, you uh you escaped fun employment, so it's yep. time to enjoy yourself a little bit. Yeah. Um, yes. So Matt talked about so Thermont. I think that's in November. Some friends coming up from North Carolina. Um, I'm shooting QSC this weekend, and then the following weekend, the team's going out to Shadowhawk again because there's a nighttime match going out there. So we're going to be shooting rifle and pistol under nods. And it's going to be a good time. So might talk about that in some future episodes. Yeah, and uh, I am right now planning on it. Uh, the Zoo City Fall Brawl, if my schedule allows it, uh, I will be going to that match. Uh, you know, we, we did the episode on the Zoo City Fall Brawl. It's a good time. If you are interested in doing it and haven't registered yet, there's five spots left in the match. I would say sign up, go. Uh, for those of you who don't know the Zoo City crew and Jason Byerly and the style of matches that they put together, uh, it's a good time. Uh, especially, like, if you're on the East Coast, you need to make this match. It, it, you will not be disappointed. Nice. Well, all right, man. I, I think that wraps it up. Yeah. So we hope you have a good one. Uh, let us know what you think. If you have any questions, please reach out. We're more than happy to answer. Talk to you later.